Welcome to the Slices Podcast, bringing you pieces of the world through lived experiences. Welcome to the Slices Podcast. Um, I am your host. Um, you should know by you should know my name by now. It's Grace or Gracia. Um, today we are going to um, Dubai. We're going to be speaking to Aisha, who has been living in Dubai for quite some time now, and she has also set up her own, I guess, um, online content. She's going to explain a bit more. Um, about what she, what she set up in Dubai, but I guess it's um, yeah. got her own sort of online content teaching people about moving to du- moving to Dubai. Um, so you find out more um, about that. Welcome to the podcast, Aisha. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, Gracia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Yay! How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You know, it's the weekend here for us today, Saturday, so. You know, it's kind of like your Sunday over there, but I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) No, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. I love your platform. Um, I can't wait for everybody else to hear about it because I think it's super cool and super helpful as well, especially in a time where everybody's trying to get out of the UK. So, yeah, (laughs) facts, facts. Everybody wants to jump ship. Um, But before we start, we're going to do the... um, a slice of segment and this okay. is where my guests are encouraged to share something interesting about this th- about themselves it could be something you're working on your own business your own podcast or it could just be a book you're reading or a show you think it's really great and you want people to watch it it doesn't have to be one slice it could be slices so this will be a slice of Aisha so take it away okay um a slice of me <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to go too much into detail, but obviously I have got this online community uh, platform that I'm doing called Journals Abroad, um, yes. which is a platform to uh, provide real life stories uh, to motivate people to move abroad, um, not just in UAE, uh, but because I'm living here, most of my content is surrounded by those that have moved to the UAE. Um, so yeah, we'll be going into much detail about yes. that, obviously, during the show. Um, but yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't know what to answer for this one, <laughs> so I kind That's of thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of thought I would uh, share a little bit about some of my own businesses that I've got. So I have got a hair a company that I mm-hmm. sell hair called Emerald Hair. Um, I'm, I'm going through like a revamp thing at the moment so um, the website isn't up and running as of yet uh, but yeah check it out it's on my page my personal Instagram page uh, at Aish underscore MZ I'll send you the link later um, and another show that I'm really watching now that I'm seriously enjoying is I know you know about the power series yeah, yeah, I do. So, I do. <laughs> of course. So I've been watching Power Book Three, Raising Canaan. Oh. I feel like that one is is so good. I'm really into really? it. I love. I love Katana Miller. Yeah, man. The main character, the mom. She's sick. I love her. Yeah. I was watching. Um, is it Power Book Two? The Tariq yeah. one. Yeah, that yeah. was really good. Oh, that was good. I really like that. I haven't watched Canaan. We hated Tariq in Power, but he killed that one. <laughs> yeah, we loved him in Power Book. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I really, I really enjoyed it. Somebody, I saw somebody say because I think there's another show coming out that Fifty Cent is making, another like drug type show. Uh, somebody commented that Fifty Cent is making the Marvel of like drug <laughs> shows. <laughs> He is. He is. Uh, it's so crazy how he's just completely branched out into into this. But no, Power Book, um, to the Tariq one was really, really good. I think yeah. it was even better than like the than last Power. season of Power or something. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. And obviously That's Method true. Man is great to look at. So Oh yeah, helps. he's so fine. Oh, <laughs> oh girl, let's let's not even get into that (laughs) let me not disgrace myself on the platform (laughs) no I agree but um Mm -hmm. yeah Aisha so tell us um obviously we've passed the slices segment now um (laughs) well clearly we've just gone into a whole discussion about power (laughs) but tell us um about your uh, tell us about yourself um like what you're doing in Dubai with without you know sharing too much that you don't want to share but what it is you do in Dubai and yeah and who you are really who are you? Sure. 
<laughs> well, I'm Aisha. Hey. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been in Dubai for two and a half years now. Um, so I mean, when I first came out here, I ca- kind of came out here without a job. Um, I came here to join my partner, who is obviously now my fiance, um, and <laughs> he he was a teacher, so he came out here with a teaching role, and I was working in London, and um, I kind of got made redundant at my current job uh, yeah. in the UK in London. So I thought, you know, why not take this opportunity to move? Because we always had that plan of me coming out here and joining him. So. I kind of took the plunge uh, back in 2019 without any experience out here, no job, no nothing. I just, I'm going to come out and just do it from scratch. Um, so it took me a while to get into employment because a lot of the requirements out here was to have that UAE work experience. Yeah. Especially if you wasn't brought over to this country with a company. So it took me a while to get in. Um, there was a lot of challenges. Oops, I need to make sure my phone's on charge. And uh, there was a lot of challenges in terms of me finding um, a role. So, yeah, I kind of bounced around for a little bit in terms of employment. I was into property consulting. Yeah. Uh, but right now I've managed to secure a really good role, which I absolutely love. Um, I'm a recruitment agent, so I specialize in the tech field. So I specialize in tech recruitment. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like I've been doing it for a year now and I absolutely love it. I feel like recruitment is me. I like talking to people. I love connecting with others and, you know, linking them to their dream jobs and just doing it. I feel like it's really brought out a different side to me. And, um, yeah, I just, I just love my job. Yeah. <laughs> I love what I do. And um, yeah, part time. I'm I'm a host on obviously Journals Abroad. I found it, founded Journals Abroad. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me and what I'm doing at this time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that um you finally found your niche and we'll definitely speak more about um going to Dubai and trying to get a job without being brought over by a company because I actually thought that was quite an interesting point that you raised because most people are actually actually go over there by being brought over by a company so Correct. that's actually a different um perspective that I've not had before okay. um yeah I've not heard of before because everybody I know that goes to Dubai is I've got a job yeah I'm going over there. but yeah. um yeah that's definitely a different perspective that we will let's park that let's <laughs> both remember that and then we will come okay. back to it for sure for sure um so before moving to Dubai what I always like to ask people this what was your travel experience um before that and what does traveling mean to you sure so uh before Dubai uh I've been to I think nine countries nine different countries yeah I mean I know people that's been to way more but I'm still planning my my travel journey and I hope to go to more um and I, I only got on my first ever flight, which was back in 2010. So, you know, I was a late traveler, <laughs> you know, yeah. and my first flight was to Sierra Leone, my hometown. Uh, yeah, at 18, I hopped on the plane and the first flight was to Sierra Leone. And ever since then, I feel like I've been somewhere at least once a year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I love traveling. I feel like it really opens up your palette to understanding different cultures and being able to you know speak to different people and learn about just so many other things you know travel is so important and I feel like if you travel you're just adding another layer to yourself and to your own yeah to your own personal development so I love travel (laughs) yeah and um what was I got there's no such thing as a late traveler there's no it's it's never too late to start traveling never ever 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 yeah. ever too late um it's traveling is such an amazing thing that everybody I think everybody should experience it at whatever stage they are in life um so yeah you're yeah. not a late traveler you're not a late traveler and, yeah I actually spoke to somebody that moved that lives in Sierra Leone now um, really? I, don't know if you saw, I don't know if you saw the episode um I think it's number four eight it's called Sierra Leone's home so she moved in 2016 and she lives out there oh wow I think I did see that on your page actually yeah, yeah I did yeah honestly she loves I feel, 
Yeah, a lot of people are looking, especially young black women, and not even just women, men as well, young black uh, generation is looking to, to move from the UK and find somewhere else because you find that there's better opportunities out there for you. Uh, for yeah. me, you know, since living here, um, I feel like our education or background and our experience of being in the UK, that's kind of like a hub for training and developing your skills and getting that core um, education and skills. And then yeah. you can just utilize it anywhere in the world because, you know, if you have a US or UK qualification, that is one of the most recognized qualification in the world. And yeah. you can literally go anywhere with that and find yourself uh, in a really good spot. <laughs> um, Sorry, it's like... <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, and you find yourself in a really good, you find yourself at a better advantage, I feel like, because, you know, they kind of respect that you've come from a Western developed country and you're bringing your expertise and knowledge to the country that will help them grow. So, yeah, I, I can understand why people travel out and, and, and live in different places because they gain, they gain more experience, more opportunity than they probably would have done you know back in in the UK so exactly yeah yeah, yeah. I, def I definitely agree and yeah it seems like more and more people especially through doing um this podcast and meeting other you know travelers and podcasters people are definitely tired and they want something different they want something peaceful they want new opportunities and I think we're mm -hmm. just exhausted mm. that's the general consensus that, mm -hmm. I, that I get from people that people are just exhausted of the UK they're tired yeah. of the the you know every day is the same and yeah. obviously, you know black people or ethnic minorities um they're tired of the microaggressions at work the 100%. lack of development for some and it's just okay the world is bigger than the UK what what's out yeah there? yeah and let me just go if it doesn't mm -hmm. work back it doesn't work out you can always come back you can always come back facts so, yeah yeah that's so, true. 2019. Let's let's go back. Let's rewind. <laughs> <laughs> 2019, Dubai. Um, you've arrived. Um, of course, you 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 didn't arrive to nothing. You had your partner out there. Um, so what what was that like? What was it like when you first arrived and you were like, "Wow, I'm here. I'm here to stay. This is not a holiday." <laughs> yeah I mean it was it was it was um exciting obviously I was really nervous really scared I mean it, it kind of settled once I kind of like rented my apartment and um I was just like well this is me I was going through my all my stuff I was like there's nothing in here that belongs to me anymore so I'm yeah. actually gone you know I've left with two suitcases and <clears throat> arrived on the shores one-way ticket I was like wow this is life this yeah. is us. Um, and it was it was really nice. I feel like that first, I feel like that was the first time we had actually spent, like lived together, just us, two of us. So that was interesting. You know, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> because yeah. prior to that, we both had our own places. So it was like, okay, you come to mine, I'll go to yours. So this was like the first time we'll be living together. And um, in terms of like the environment, I feel like the people were so nice. Like, um, first of all, there's a huge, massive British community out here. And um, we tend to, to, to help each other out as much as we can. You know, we, there's so many Facebook groups. There's so many different little events that you can attend. Um, and if you, have any, if you have any questions, there's always somebody there ready to answer them for you. So, um, I didn't feel like I was lacking anything in terms of like support externally from, you know, people yeah. that grew up in the same kind of environment as us. Um, so, yeah, I feel like being coming out here in Dubai, if you have any like reservations about if you're going to fit in or if there's going to be any communities out there for you definitely there is 100% like and it's just growing bigger and bigger like the first time I came out here I reached out to a girl called Leanne she um she does Black Girl in Dubai it's like a, a platform where they connect black businesses in the UAE oh, amazing. Um, yeah so she is like a trailblazer she's doing big things out here you know, they do stuff like Black Excellence Awards for the Black businesses that have uh, come up. Um, 
so yeah, she was like the first girl I kind of reached out to on Instagram, you know? I was like, I'm going to beg friend her. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I need to have friends, literally, because that was like one of my concerns. I was like, I'm such a social person. I've got my friendship circles at home. I'm going to a new country where I, know, I don't know anyone. I need some friends. So <laughs> I kind of like reached out to her and she was British. I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> so then yeah, we, we had a lot of commonality. Yeah, I know. I love my American ladies. Don't get me wrong. I've got so many American friends. But you know, when there's just like something about, you know, someone that comes from the same background as you, you yeah. have shared common experiences. So, um, yeah, we just kind of, she kind of showed me the way. She gave me so much insight into what to expect out here, um, how black women are perceived out here. Um, but she kind of said, you know what? Because you're British, like your passport is your strength out here. And that's what it is really mm. and truly in the UAE. Like they, it's ba- quite bad to say, but they do judge you on your nationality. Okay. Like your nationality is what pushes you forward here. Because yeah. there is a, yeah, there is a, a huge gap with like how they treat people in terms of like uh, respect levels, uh, in terms of like job salaries Mm. based on nationality like the Indians and the Filipinos definitely they'll get a lower package uh to for certain roles based on their nationality you know um and if you're either western or come from a country where you know it's seen as like a powerful passport you will get the option to have more income so I mean that's kind of like how it it is out here you know and they can write on their job descriptions like we only want Indians or we only want Filipinos where in the UK I'll be like "Uh, excuse me no 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 that's (laughs) a court case (laughs) yeah so um there is a lot of that kind of discrimination I would say in terms of like nationalities out here and it, it it works in our favor because we're in the preferred category but for example our family members back home like for example Sierra Leone or Congo if they was to come here they'll be classified in that lower category where they'll yeah. get a low a lower salary package and a lower this and they're they're only doing like you know nanny positions or you know labor roles when they could actually be qualified for the job so I mean yeah I've kind of gone off topic <laughs> no it's fine no this is really interesting so, that, so what you're saying is there's sort of a hierarchy Hundred percent um, based on people's nationalities. Yeah. So what what does that um, what does that look like within the like expat immigrant community? Do they do you then separate? Not that you you do it you know willingly, but do you, is there a natural separation amongst yeah. the expats? So do like I don't know the British or the Americans and the French all hang out together, and then yeah. the Filipinos and the Indians and um, people that have come from Africa hang out together is does that happen as well yeah there's a there's a a real big split in terms of the expat communities um we have got expat groups that are literally just for British people there's expat groups that are for black British people there's (laughs) expat groups for you know everyone's nationality and I guess it's because of where you feel more comfortable like at the end of the day this is not our country we don't belong here so we're gonna naturally draw towards people who have the Mm. same same experiences as us who understand us know where we're coming from but I mean in terms of like the working environment um, I feel like that's quite diverse. So yeah. as much as they do the preferential treatment of, you know, salary packages, they're still quite diverse in the workplace. Like I have worked with Filipinos, I've worked with Indians, I've worked with different Arabic nationalities like Egyptians, Jordanians, Lebanese, um, most any most people from around the world. And it's it's refreshing to see because even though we have those kind of like gaps in terms of um seniority but it's a lot more diverse in yeah. terms of the workplace like you're gonna see a lot of people come together because they're sharing a common goal in terms of work so I mean that is a plus side of of living here there is so many different types of people there's I think Emiratis make up one percent of the population and the rest of the country is literally expats yes I remember I did a um I did a Dubai tour when I came, like an old, old and new Dubai. 
Yeah. Um, it was so random because New Dubai, he didn't have anything to tell us. Um, <laughs> so he started telling us about how to get a driving license. <laughs> what about Dubai, because there was nothing to say. It was like, yeah, we built this it yesterday. Like, what do you what do you say? <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. It's still um, going. Yeah, the old Dubai was nice. The, the old side of souks, the, the, the souks and stuff yeah, like that. Souks, yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, it was, he did mention the population number that you mm-hmm. that you said and I was like yeah. what yeah it's crazy so yeah talking about Emiratis do you see do you do you do you mix with them often or is that another separate group of people yeah 100% I mean Emiratis they're very separate as well you know they stick to what they know they stick to their they're usually in government positions so they they really look after their people here that's one thing I would say other countries should look at and be like okay yeah we need to implement this because Emirati citizens they have so many benefits like even if they don't want to work they're still given a a, a monthly salary you know sitting at home mm-hmm. and it starts from like maybe 2,500 pounds just sitting at home wow. doing nothing yeah I mean they give you a car they give you a house um they are in the top level positions in terms of the government, the police force, the army, um, each company, before each company that opened up in the UAE, they had to have at least one Emirati citizen working for them. And their salary packages have to start from a minimum of £3,000 a month. Um, and it can wow. go all the way up to like, you know, eight to £10,000 a month easily. Like as that's, that's their standard that is their standard uh salary packages so that's why when you see you know arabs you know walking around they got cash because you know they're getting this amount of money coming in each each month you know and it's like we're busting our whole asses just trying to get you know half of that it's crazy um so yeah i mean emiratis they are very much um they, they're really pampered you know they live in a bubble they have everything done for them they drive big houses they drive big cars they live in big houses so yeah. you know yeah. they, they kind of have a different life to us they see us as like okay you're here to build our country so yeah get to work <laughs> <laughs> and is it possible to actually to get um emirati citizenship or if you've come as expat you remain the expat forever no, you remain the expat. They do not hand out their own nationalities. I mean, unless you are doing something life-changing in this country, like finding a cure for something or <laughs> developing like a seriously, you know, you know, top secret vaccine or something, like <laughs> what, what's going on now in the world. Um, they do offer like golden visas, which is like a visa that allows them to stay in the country for more than... 10 or 15 years or something like that um which basically gives you similar privileges as an emirati citizen but they wouldn't actually say okay you're a citizen of our country here's our passport xyz um so yeah i mean they're doing that for certain scientists and you know people in this in the uh space space academy is it space academy i don't know it's i want to say nasa but it's i don't know what the uae version is <laughs> space academy i don't know either space academy, listen because I, I don't know if you've realized but they actually journeyed to mars recently it was like a whole big thing last last year yeah uae to mars um and they they went to mars they were part of the the the, the mission it was i think it was china uae and the u.s yeah that finally have everybody's going to mars and space now what can they is they there want to telling us if we need to be leaving the earth tell us to <laughs> i'm telling you they're looking for another place to go and destroy so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're all gone to mars now and um it's amazing i feel like uae is so tech orientated they've especially with this whole pandemic and because my partner's a teacher, they had planned already for this kind of like online learning system. So it was really simple for them to integrate it. You know how the UK was super slow in closing schools and bringing things together? Like the UAE was on it. They had everything in place. So 
I think yeah. they're really invested in technology and futuristic stuff. You know, they want to be the best and they have the money to pay for the best to come here. Of course. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I give them that. I'm really impressed about how they've handled this whole situation and how, how the country is developing since it's only 48 years old. 48? Gosh, wow. so young yeah <laughs> trust me they've done they've achieved way more than what all, all of our countries have uh, you know tried to achieve over the past how many years so yeah yeah you mentioned um the golden visa and you said if it's someone in the space academy as we've decided to call it um <laughs> Are there? Are there? What are the specific? Do you know what are, what the specific requirements are for someone to qualify for a golden visa? Um, I think they just have to do something that really benefits the country. You know, that's gonna put yeah. the country on the map. That okay, they've done something that the UAE is known for. So, I wish I could give you a great example, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but well, um, I'm gonna go and um, brainstorm. Yeah. I think- I think we need to like. What can I bring to UAE to get the golden visa? Yes, man. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. But um, it's nice. It's nice that they're offering that now, finally. Yeah. You also mentioned earlier on how um, like your friend talked about how black women are perceived in UAE. What What is that? Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, yeah. So. <clears throat> I mean, there's different types of uh, black women out here, as you know. Yeah. Um, in a general consensus, I would probably say uh, black women in the UAE were perceived in very different lights. It depends on how you look, first of all, um, how you dress, how you carry yourself. So there are some black women here, specifically from Africa, that come out here. They are put in nanny positions, like just to be a nanny for the for the families out here. Um, so if you, for example, walk around, you know how we just walk around in the UK anyhow, like we're just going shop. You'll just throw something on. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we just don't even care about your parents. Yeah. But if you dress around, if you dress like that in the UAE, they'll probably think, okay, she's probably a nanny because they see you in that kind of light. Uh, until you open your mouth and you start speaking, they're like, oh, well, she's got really good English. She's probably, she's definitely not a nanny. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Uh, there's also other black African women here who are considered, they call themselves business women, um, but they are essentially are like escorts. Um, and they they actually, you know, go to these kind of like brunches and nightclubs and they try and, and you know, get business <laughs> for themselves. And there's been a few times that I've been out with like a, maybe a few of my friends and we've been approached by certain guys and they think, OK, these must be business women. Oh. And we're like, uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not a businesswoman. I'm engaged. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Show them the ring. Show them the ring. <laughs> Literally. And then you just got to explain it to them. And they're like, okay, they, they're like, oh, so sorry. I thought you was. I was like, no. And it's just they kind of perceive you in that kind of way. It's funny when you mentioned um, you and your friends being approached by people thinking you were businesswomen. Um, the same, I, I think this happens to black women in around the world because I've heard different <laughs> stories <clears throat> friends that grew up in Italy were being sort of approached because people thought they were a prostitute and when or a businesswoman um, yeah and when I was living in France I used to have men on my, on my way back from work I used to have like men approach me in their cars asking oh like how much how much for the night um oh my gosh it, yeah it was, it was so random it was and I was just shocked the first time it happened I was so shocked because I thought mm. how much what do you mean how much but exactly yeah then I'm just like no I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> then they drive off but then they kept happening so I was like okay so this is a thing yeah I'd just be walking back from work yeah it's a shame it is a shame um so let's talk about the job hunt because I thought that was your your job hunt journey is well, for me, it's unique because I've never heard it before. Heard of someone yeah. going, getting employment that way, just going to Dubai. 
no no job in place so let's talk about what that looks like um what's the job search like in Dubai when you're looking for work what what are the interviews like um and yeah what was it like for you especially having moved over um without being brought over by a company what was that whole whole experience like goodness <laughs> it was a challenge it was a challenge it was very challenging I feel like that was some of the darkest times in my life oh wow um yeah because you know you're in a completely new environment you don't know what to expect and you know you're battling with so many of these different types of stereotypes um and then on top of that, okay, you've been told that your passport is like your, your ticket out here, but you know, it's still difficult to, to get a position. Um, it was hard and a lot of networking had to be done. So I would say your network is definitely your net worth out here. Um, who you know is going to definitely take you as far as, as far as you can. Um, and just applying for the right companies, you know, and getting yourself out there. LinkedIn was my best friend. Uh, using all the job boards like Indeed is quite big out here there's different portals out here that you can use as well uh, called Golf Talent and um, Bait all these different ones uh, that you can use to apply for jobs so yeah it's just about getting yourself out there and um, meeting people and that's kind of what I did with my first couple of roles um, I had to literally apply 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 and then finally get a conversation with someone and just sell myself to say look this is what I can do uh, and and get the job so I mean I definitely wouldn't recommend someone coming out here without having a job first because it is very time consuming and it's very demotivating I would say because it took me a very long time to get that position um but if you do come out here and you want to start a business, um, that could be another option for you as well if you don't want to have a job. But you okay. need to be prepared to spend money to get all the licenses and get everything sorted because there is another option out here. You don't have to be working for a company. You can start something up yourself because this country is so new. There's still so many little things that haven't been done. Um, so it's a great place for, for you to come and reinvent yourself and, and try something new, especially if you have that capital. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And um, what what were the interviews like? Is it is it different to the UK? How are they how are they conducted over there? Um, it's pretty much the same. I mean, it's three stages. You get the telephone interview and then you go and meet the manager face to face. Uh, and then you speak to probably the director or the managing directors, like the final round. Um, so it's a very similar process, you know, same questions of like, what can you do? What challenges have you faced? What, how you can add value to the company? So, I mean, that kind of process is pretty much the same. Um, <clears throat> I would say coming from the West, it's always good to work for a Western company uh because they're more likely to you know stick to the same standard because I've worked for you know different types of companies out here so it's been owned by like Arabic owners um and they have a different way of working you know sometimes it could be like language barriers um that can really come across quite different to what we're used to um their level because some Arabic uh, cultures they're very forward speaking like they don't there's no thank you please or you know that kind of courtesy <laughs> um, they're very direct <laughs> they don't care they'll just say it as it is and some people might see that as aggression or see it as you know it's they can't work within that kind of environment um, yeah. so I would probably say come from the West, look for a Western company if you want to feel better integrated. Okay. I guess, and also the British workplace is quite, it can be quite passive aggressive and everybody's doesn't want to step on anybody's toes. So I guess it must have been a shock when people are just saying things as it straight to your face. Yeah. yeah, I I had the same shock when I was in France. Country people are very straight to the point 
And sometimes my manager will say things and I'm shaking because why have you spoken to me this way? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just how they are. <laughs> and then after a while, you, you just get used to it. And I, I, I started to appreciate it because I felt like I could be straight to the point too and get yeah. what I needed to say off my chest. And it was fine. Um, yeah. Nobody was shocked. Nobody was calling HR. Mm, there's no HR out here to call anyway (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you it's literally you do the job or you go home there's no two ways there's no two ways about it do the job or go home I love it that's what it is (laughs) I'm telling you they don't have no patience if you're not doing what you're supposed to do bye and they have that it's written in your contract they have the right to terminate you as they see, see fit so in the contract, there's no probationary period where if you pass like six months and they can't, yeah. but it's just, if you don't do your job, you're out of here. There's a probation. There's a probation period. Okay. There's a probation period of uh, six months. And in that six months, either party can choose to terminate or leave um, yeah. within two Thanks. weeks notice. But then, I mean, even after you're still permanent, if they feel like you're not doing the job to their standard, they can just choose to terminate you, you know, at any point. So that's wow. why, that's why, you know, when we're out here and we're working, we just make sure we do the most or do as well as we can because they have the right to just terminate us. And you can't literally be in this country without a job supporting you because they're the ones supporting your visa. Once the company cancels your visa, you've got 30 days to find another job or you need to leave the country. Right. That's quite intense. Yep. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you have to, you have to be on your A game at work. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can leave the country. (laughs) Literally, that is how it is. That is exactly how it is. All right. So journals abroad. um, Tell us, tell us more about it. What is it? And why did you decide to start it? Sure. So uh, journals abroad is basically... Since I've moved out here, I kind of wanted to create a platform that's going to help people avoid the challenges that I've faced, you know, and uh, hear different types of perspectives of, you know, other people's stories. Because my story is just unique to me. And uh, there's so many other people that have gone through, you know, may have came through a company, but still have gone through challenges. And I feel like it's important to highlight because especially when you're living in the UK, um, you could be quite sheltered in terms of not knowing what there is out there. And it's quite nerve wracking to move to another country. And especially being a, a young uh, black woman, a young black woman, um, it's you all, there's so many factors that you need to take into consideration before moving. You're like, is, uh, am I going to be treated differently? Can I fit in? Is it going to be a place where I can like still get my stuff, like hair products, you know, all these things you've got to take yeah. into consideration. So, um, yeah, I just really wanted to, to highlight all the positives and the negatives and the challenges and the great things about living in, in the UAE for people who are interested to come out and, and learn more from the horse's mouth, you know, not just from hearsay or, oh, I know someone who's who lives out there and, it, you know, it's all vague stories. You don't know what's real, what's not. I kind of yeah. wanted it to be documented. I kind of want it to be in a place where we can have real life conversations and like talk through solutions because anyone could be listening and find uh, a gem in, in the conversations that we're having. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to provide that platform and space where people can just come in and know exactly what they need to do to come out here and be successful. Yeah. And what have you been learning about Dubai via journals abroad? Um, that we're not alone <laughs> in our challenges. <laughs> we're not alone in our challenges. And like we can we can uh, build a community to help each other out, you know. Um, that's one of the things that I've learned since doing journals abroad. Like sometimes it's so easy just to feel like, why me? Why me? when you're going through something and then yeah. you speak to other people and you're like, Oh my gosh, she's gone through the exact same thing I did, but I would never have known that if I had not shared my story or opened up to her. Um, and you know, they might, they might say something that could be very 
it can help you handle the current situation that you're in you know you might yeah. think there's no way out of it and then you see something online and you're like Do you know what she went through what I, I went through maybe I should try that so you know just having that sense of community um and having people go through the same experience as you I feel like this is what journals abroad has taught me and yeah. um yeah it's been great I love it on the <laughs> journals abroad um Instagram page because I was stalking you um <laughs> You um you had a post where you mentioned um um some some of the, the skills needed to move abroad were emotional intelligence, cultural adaptability, and patience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought it'd be really great for us for you to just expand on that and dis- discuss that um a bit further. Why why those three things did you decide to um say as the skills needed to move abroad? Yeah. So um I mean with living in Dubai. Uh, you have to be ready to face the unknown. I mean, you have to be, in t- when I say the unknown, I mean, anything can happen. You know, just as we said, they could just terminate you. <laughs> you know, you, you don't know how people are going to perceive you. So you just have to be emotionally ready to face challenges. Not be, you have to think before you speak, because this is a country that's all about culture and respect. So you can't just, yeah. you know, in the UK, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you can just go mad. But here it's like, you, you have to really be emotionally in tune and be like, do you know what? That's not worth it. I'm not ever going to sweat my back. I'm not going to, you know, take it to personal. I'm just going to rise above and keep moving yeah. forward. Yeah. If you have your goal, just stick to that. Um, and you have to be really, really uh, resilient because there's going to be so many challenges that you're going to face you know there's like there's a roller coaster of emotions and your core values need to be the one to like help you in this kind of situation you know if you believe in god if you're prayerful if you're just if you have a higher purpose like just those core values is the one that's going to help you through all the tough times um so that's what i kind of meant by emotional intelligence um also uh, cultural adaptability I'll probably say it's the language barrier you know there's so many things that could be misinterpreted straightforward speak and um it could be misinterpreted as someone that's like you know coming across as like you know defensive or argumentative but um yeah there's definitely different customs as well like even if you go into public buildings like government buildings like banks you have to be dressed in modest clothing you can't really be going in there in those shorts and like your breast out or whatever (laughs) you literally have to cover up and go when you're going into these kind of um governmental buildings as well as uh during the ramadan period there's no eating or drinking in public like you could actually get fined if you're caught eating or drinking in public during ramadan so you have to be able to adapt to these kind of cultures you know um you yeah. can't just say I'm gonna do what I want because you're in another person's country so you kind of have to adhere to their rules yes um culture adaptability and what was the last one um patience um, yeah patience patience so I mean things either go really really fast or really really slow so I feel like you just have to create an opportunity for yourself and you can do that by you know, nurturing your relationships and building your connections. Um, and all of these things just take time and patience. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what, those are my, my three survival tips that you probably need living yeah. out here. Yeah. So that's why I kind of summarise them. <laughs> yeah. And speaking on cultural adaptability, um, yeah. do you learn the do's and do the, do, the do's and do's? The do's and don'ts? <laughs> of sort of living in Dubai through just going through actually going through the life situations or is there sort of not a handbook but is there something that tells you these are the cultural norms in Dubai is there a video you watch just out of curiosity or is it just you do something and you're like I should not have done that now I know I feel like that comes with like your your 
connections you know you you when you speak to people they kind of tell you like this is the kind of things you're supposed to do kind of things you're not supposed to do and plus if you go into certain places there's security guards that will tell you okay this is acceptable and this is not acceptable so um you can't it's kind of like a learn as you go type thing but again yeah. with journals abroad um I'm trying to bring all these things into like one space um so yeah I I mean I like to put in put up tips of what you can expect and how what you think you're supposed to be doing so um yeah I'm hoping to create that guide (laughs) for people that want to come out here that they can refer to so they know exactly how to to dress and what not to wear and um where it's acceptable where it's not because you can wear shorts you can wear cleavage tops in Dubai but there's certain areas where you can wear those things and certain areas where you can't yeah 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 that would be that would be very useful um because you know you could make a mistake and you're in jail (laughs) so I guess people (laughs) would appreciate having um, tips um somewhere readily available to them I think that jail thing is so blown out of context. People think that can't, <laughs> I, I'm telling you because I know they say that, but they do give you chances here, though. To be honest, they oh, give yeah. you so many chances. They won't just throw you in jail. I'm now like, <laughs> you know, I feel like this. I think it's the fear factor of it. I think that's where they 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 publish it so much to deter people from doing it. But um, yeah, they they really do give you chances out here. You know, they'll give you a chance. They'll take it. They'll tell you you're not allowed. If anything, they like to find you out here the most. Okay. They will find the hell out of you, <laughs> and the fines aren't small. Oh, they're wow. big fines. I'm telling you, the fines out here are at least like four, five hundred pounds easily. Easily. What? Speeding, speeding is like two hundred okay. pounds. Um, just little things. If they, if you do something that is like considered against the rules they'll fine you like they and their big fines like two thousand pounds three thousand pounds fines so people are like uh i don't have that money and if you don't pay that's when you're in trouble so that's where the jail comes out comes from it's like either you pay or you leave the country and never come back (laughs) oh so has that happened to people that it's like get out and don't ever return 100%. 100%. I mean, there's so many people. This is There was a documentary I saw on YouTube that said Dubai has got the highest rate of abandoned supercars because people take these massive loans to get this, like, luxurious Lamborghini or Ferrari. And as I said to you, companies can just say, thank you very much, sayonara, leave, drop you, and then you have no more money left to pay your expensive loan for your house and your car and your this and your that so the only option for you to do is just run before they cancel your visa so they run and they abandon everything they abandon their house they abandon their car like they drive it out to a desert and they'll literally leave the car there and they'll be gone like when I moved into when I first came out here there was a BMW x5 a brand new BMW x5 that was just parked outside our villa for the longest time when I'm telling you for the whole year and a half he was there that car did not move it, it collected so much <laughs> dust I was like whose car is this abandoned <laughs> so when they when they flee does that does that is <laughs> so when they flee? <laughs> is that when they can never return is that never why? return oh it's my god say goodbye to Dubai Dubai's not seeing you because the minute your passport is tapped at the border at the entrance border you'll come up on the system as thousands and thousands of dirhams of money owed wow I'm telling you people do that out here it's crazy (laughs) I'm I'm speechless (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a real thing. Go on YouTube and, and, and search it. You'll see the highest level of abandoned supercars. Because they, I'm telling you, this country, they can just literally say bye and then you're, 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 you're done for. There's nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. You just got to leave because you don't have the money to pay for that anymore. Well, guys, be wise and follow journals abroad. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't yes. have to flee Dubai in the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With your whole family up and gone. <laughs>
man oh oh my goodness um so why should what on the on the topic of journals abroad and you know talking about living abroad why do you think people should move to dubai um <clears throat> definitely there's so many rewards out here living in in the uae the first was the weather obviously it's so nice to wake up to beautiful weather the quality of life out here is just it's beautiful i mean it's like living a luxurious life but on a budget because everything that we do is within limits to our packages yeah so i mean where i live right now i live in a nice studio with like two balconies there's a tennis court there's a swimming pool there's a gym you know yeah. and it's like those kind of things you, we wouldn't get that in the uk for the price that we're paying yeah you wouldn't get imagine. that in the uk yeah so it's just like nearly all the nice communities almost all the time have a really nice finish into the apartments you know they're very modern um you're always going to have a swimming pool and a gym in your community so it's nice you know so what why wouldn't you want to live that kind of life <laughs> yeah um, and um, why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly exactly um and it's just good I feel like the people out here are a lot more open the people are a lot more open to helping you and I guess it comes from the fact that we're all expats and we all know that we're not part of this country so we're going to do what we can to help one another um so yeah I've kind of that's why I feel like everyone's so open on journals abroad to, and willing to come forward and tell their story because they want to like educate people they want to yeah. give people the insight into what it's like living out here um yeah you've had some um, good guests come on oh thank you yeah <laughs> thank you and it's been so good it's been such a huge learning curve a huge learning experience and it's just nice to to live abroad you know you once you do it once you actually take the plunge and move I can't see myself going back to the UK for a long time because there's just so many other places that I want to live in to like experience a different culture and you know see what life is like on that side of the world so yeah yeah it's great that well you kind of answered the question I was going to say well not I was going to ask you if you feel like Dubai is home for now. What's your relationship like with the UK? Um, Dubai is not home. <laughs> it's yeah. not home just because, you know, they can just kick us out whenever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel like it's, it's great. It's a great um, transit place. If you want to experience living abroad, this is a really good hub to do it. It's a really good place to to be to begin, I think, because it's it's a nice standard of living. You can understand what it's like dealing with different nationalities. You can understand if you can survive in Dubai. I believe you can survive anywhere in the world because this oh. is a country that has like how do I how do I explain it. This is a country where it's so forward thinking in terms of like technology and all those kind of things. But because the country is young in itself, a lot of its systems that it has in place isn't um, up to date. Let me try to explain that better. So you see how in the UK you have like how the workplace is. You have dedicated departments for different things such as like HR everyone has a system in place you know what to follow you know the processes whereas out here it's kind of like okay it's quite new and there's so many different cultures that do different things differently it's a bit all over the place okay I see it's a bit all over the place even though they have certain areas that they're excelling in there's still a lot of improvements that needs to be done okay so yeah yeah I think for those reasons I wouldn't call it home so yeah Dubai is not home (laughs) no 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 (laughs) what has the move to Dubai taught you about yourself as a person like journals abroad aside work aside what has the move taught you um I think it's definitely told me that I'm I could do anything I put my mind to you know, it's kind of like taught, taught, taught myself that I'm stronger than I am. Um, 
I can overcome so many different types of obstacles. I thought, you know, growing up in the UK, doing uni and doing all of those things and, you know, finding a job, I thought that was hard. I was like, oh my God, life is so hard. <laughs> you know, all those things. And then coming out here, I've been exposed to a different sort of challenge. And as I said to you, like some of my darkest times were living out here. And to overcome those kind of emotional challenges and, you know, mental challenges, it's just taught me a lot about myself and be like, do you know what? Don't take life so seriously. Like where you are right now isn't where you're going to be in the future. So just keep pushing forward, taking it one day at a time and doing your best. What is meant to be for you will be for you. And um, I feel like living out here has just really built up my resilience to be like, do you know what? It is what it is. 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 (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So before we go... Um, I'd love to know what your must-see places are in Dubai. Maybe one or two that if people want to, want to visit or um, want, or they want to see something different in Dubai and not just the usual things that we see people doing, what would they be? Um, okay. okay. I think the must-see place for me is uh, what the only the place I've been to and it's quite a tourist destination, but I was really, I was really amazed at how they put it together. It was Dubai Miracle Garden. I don't know if you've heard of that. Is that the guard, the flat with loads of flowers? Oh, am I? Yes. Okay. yes, 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 yes. Loads of flowers, and they've got like you know twenty-story foot Mickey Mouse and all these things. It's just like they made a whole Emirates plane out of flowers. Wow. You know, all these kind of like amazing things. I'm just like, oh my God, the architecture of these flowers is like amazing. And there's nothing like that that I've ever seen in my life. Like there's not even, I don't think there's anything like that in the UK no, or anywhere no. that I've seen. So I was really blown away by that. I was like, wow, this country is really good. And the way they decorate the roads and the way they decorate the everything about the country is just beautiful. There's flowers everywhere. There's palm trees everywhere. It's, I guess it's in like Miami or LA in that sense. Um, but the pride in how they take care of the country, there's no litter. It's just clean. I like that. I like that about here. Um, and the second place I would say I went to recently, it's called Hatta. It's a mountain. It's like a mountain place in Dubai. Um, when you think of Dubai, you don't think of mountains, you think of desert. No. <laughs> You think of desert, but there is a really beautiful place where it's just filled with massive mountains. And you can go mountain walking, mountain biking. It's like a secluded resort within the mountains. And that is phenomenal. There's so many different activities that you can do there. Archery, air gun shooting, zip lining. Like it was so fun. And I went there for my fiance's uh, birthday recently. And it was just beautiful. I loved it. It was like, it's part of Dubai, but it's like up north. The mm. north, northern part of Dubai. How is, how is that spelt? Hatta. H-A-T-T-A. H, of course. H-A-T-T-A. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's so easy. Hatta. That's, so... It'd be great to have like a picture of Hatta that, um, to put up um, like in the middle of your like episode drop. It's like, you know, if you've ever been to Dubai, it's not just desert. There's also mountains. Here's a picture from abroad. But yeah, it'd be great to have a picture of that because I don't think people think of mountains when they think of Dubai. I don't. Maybe maybe I'm ignorant. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. There is. There is quite a few mountain places as well. There's another another emirate called Rak, Ras Al Khaimah. And they are literally another mountain... um, Emirate where they're surrounded by mountains so these are some nice places that we still need to visit yeah oh and before I forget um there's actually something called world islands so there's like an island place and it's just off Dubai like near the palm 
and they created uh, different little islands and they call them different countries. So there's like Turkey, there's like uh, Egypt, there's, uh, you know, different countries and, and each island has things belonging to, from those countries. So you can go in there and experience the culture of that country. Um, oh, wow. So that's World Islands. That's another beautiful place that people need to, to visit. Um, and finally, there's one island that I want to go to called Nurai Island. Um, and these are like mini getaway destinations where it's just, you're surrounded by the blue sea, surrounded by sand, but it's just yeah. relaxation vibes, giving you Caribbean island vibes. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's out here in Dubai as well, which is another luxury that you could experience living here. So yeah, I think those are like my top things that people need yeah. to, to do when they come out here. Yeah, no, thank you. I've I've not I've not been to the World Island or or the the other place. So if right. I ever go back to Dubai, I'll definitely like write this down and visit those places, do something different whilst I'm out there. Yes. <laughs> but um thank you so much, Aisha. It's it's been a pleasure. Um, having you. you on it really has been I've enjoyed the chats the laughs um it's been great um I will definitely put um journals abroad when I release the episode so people can um contact you directly I'm sure there are people that yes um, want to visit Dubai or move to Dubai and are thinking about yep. it but not they're not quite sure about how to take that leap or where to look so journals abroad is definitely the platform um, for them um, so we'll definitely be linking that in so thank you so much for thank coming you. on um, go and enjoy the sun there is no sun here um, today <laughs> so go and enjoy it for the both of us and thank um, you yes hopefully we can have you back on when you've moved on to your next um, destination <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you so much Gracie for having thank me today you. I really thank appreciate you. it no problem bye take care bye bye